It's time for the most well-known sports radio icon in St. Louis. The show that begs you to answer the question, can I ever be this good? It's time for the Charlie Tuna Show. Presented by Ameren, Illinois on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Good evening and welcome to the Charlie Tuna Show on a Wednesday night. It's going to be cold tomorrow. Cardinal opening tomorrow. All the festivities downtown will start around 2.30. Could be Albert's last swan song. Melina, we know it is. Wayno, probably so. Uh, in the next two minutes, we'll do our monthly Airman Illinois show for, for about 20 minutes. After that, about 6.35, Howard Balzer, and then uh, Skip Weber at 7. This portion of the show is brought to you by Snooks, the friendliest doggone show store in the St. Louis area. Don't forget about the Snooks Rewards program, folks. When you go up to the register, punch in that phone number, and you're ready to go. And without ado, this is the Emerson Illinois Show. We do this at least once a month. We've changed days because of the ability of the superstar. And we go to the president and CEO of Emron, Illinois, Mr. Richard Mark. How you doing? Good, Charlie. How are you this evening? I'm doing all right. You ready for Cardinal baseball? I sure am. I'm all ready for it in the morning. That's oh. right. <laughs> That's right. It starts out in the morning. You're right. It does. I'm just going to try to get down there early and... Uh, you know, take in some of the festivities and then go to the game in the afternoon. So, oh, great! Uh, you know, you got to celebrate that that St. Louis holiday, right? That is the St. Louis holiday. I'll start <laughs> celebrating tonight after the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm acting like it's a World Series game. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Amron came out with a new press release recently, where Amron Illinois begins construction of a first ever clean energy facility in East St. Louis. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, yeah, it's a, a we're building a solar facility in East St. Louis, community solar, and um, I think the exciting thing about it is that it's the first time a utility in the state of Illinois has been allowed to actually construct the solar facility, and we were able to get this uh, possibility. And so uh, we're excited to do it, and there's only going to be two projects like this in the one is in East St. Louis. At the second one, we're going to build uh, probably in 2023 in Peoria, Illinois. Mm. And so the whole goal is to, you know, as we move toward, you know, decarbonizing our, our environment and going forward and looking at more renewable energy, is putting uh, some of these facilities in areas that, you know, have been kind of passed over. Uh, you know, when it comes to economic development in low-income communities. And so we targeted two areas, Peoria and East St. Louis. The East St. Louis one is the first one, and it's a it's a smaller facility, but it's about 2.5 megawatts of power, and that's enough power to, to uh, generate enough energy, you know, for year-round of about 500 homes. Uh, but we're putting it on a 14-acre, a 17-acre site uh, adjacent to East St. Louis High, uh, High School, and uh, we're going to have a learning lab there also so that students and, and other uh, groups, educational groups, can come in. And we'll have our engineers there and talking about how solar works and helping them understand renewable energy a little bit better than, uh, you know, than 
and what we hear now and, and try to get to the, and, you know, we see it as a possibility not only for cleaner energy, but also as an educational forum uh, for people to learn more about renewable energy for the future. What's so important about this new venture is that you're going to have uh, 40 to 50 new construction jobs as well. Yeah, yeah, we're excited about it. The construction is going to take, um, and probably, you know, it, it, it won't be finished until probably December or 1st of uh, 2023. So it's about, you know, a nine-month process. And uh, during that time, we're going to bring on about 40 to 50 new construction jobs. Uh, we're bringing on several different contractors. Right now, you know, about over 30, uh, almost 40% or the contractors that will be coming on the job are minority-owned contractors from the community, which we think is in, in, is really important. Um, you know, rather than go out and bring people in from other states, like some of the big solar developers have done, bring people in from California and New York and other places. I mean, uh, not Las Vegas mostly in Nevada. Um, we, we're gonna we're hiring local. We're gonna hire contractors. To, to make sure that their workforce is made up of people who live in the region, who live in the Caseyville, all of those communities. And so we think it's going to be economic impact on, on the city, uh, jobs impact, and plus a, a renewable and clean energy impact on the environment. Again, this is our Amarillo Illinois show. We do this at least once a month. And, uh, Here's something that came over the desk from Brian yesterday. What is the Emerald, Illinois, pollinators? What is that? Pollinators. Pollinators. I want to make sure. Pollinators. pollinators. Okay. We got the goat, <laughs> so now go we got from, the pollinators. Okay. That's right. We're going to go from, from, from solar to butterflies, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I think it's just, again, it's, it's part of our environmental uh, program, that uh, cleaner energy for the future, uh, in one aspect. But the other aspect, it's it's a way to reduce cost and improve safety in our transmission right-of-ways. And uh, so, what what the pollinator program is? It's it's really a program that in our transmission right-of-ways, we are going to go in there working with some of our our partners, our, our property owner partners in uh, in our service territory, and help them clean um, and grade the area under the transmission lines, and then with the help of Pheasants Forever and and the Quail Forever programs, uh, go in there and pull and and plant seeds that basically are pollinators, seeds that are flowering types of seeds such as, as milkweed weed for, uh, for example. You know, milkweed attracts um, monarch bar- butterflies, which, you know, is, is kind of endangered recently. So we're going to go in there and plant different types of species of, of, of flowers, like milkweed, goldenrod, aster, um, you know, uh, many of the other type of, of, pro- of seeds like that. And that will, you know, help pollinate, you know, um, and be good for the butterflies and bees. But at the same time, what that does, it it takes out some of the woody trees and the overgrowth that happens under the power lines. So if we need to get in there and make a repair, you know, it's easier to walk through a field of flowers than it is to walk through a forest of, of woody, overgrown trees and shrubs. Uh, many times those are, you know, and, and it makes it very 
difficult for our people to, to get in to make a repair and also more dangerous. Uh, so a lot of times we'll have to bring out, you know, a skid steer or some other piece of heavy equipment just to access those those transmission lines. By doing this, so we, we help, you know, uh, lower our cost and our risk uh, for our employees. And at the same time, we help the environment by bringing in the plants that are more conducive for the area, the plants that are good uh, for for the environment, and as we, we call them pollinators, uh, that come in that will help, uh, you know, for example, the like I said earlier, the monarch butterfly, you know, uh, they're seeing less and less of those every year. And it's really kind of interesting. You know, the, the milkweed is very important uh, for monarchs to lay their eggs. And uh, I didn't realize that till a few years ago. And uh, the uh, a friend of mine called me and she says, hey, I'm participating in this new program. Uh here, I, I need you to plant, you know, these ten plants for me on your, at your, at your place. <laughs> and I said, what kind of plants are they? You know, I didn't want. I was wondering there, you know. And she goes, milkweed. And I didn't even know what milkweed was at the time. And and uh, she talked about being a part of this program to help bring back monarch butterflies. And a and a big part of that is the milkweed because that's where they lay their their um, their eggs and then the larvae feed on the leaves and and then they grow along enough to to basically emerge out of their cocoons and become butterflies. So it's it's kind of a, a neat program and and again it serves a number of different purposes and it's good you know for people to get involved and it's good for the environment. And we know Amarin, Illinois is all about protecting the birds of play. Right. Right. Yeah, you know, um, this this program is part of our avian protection program also, and we tie the two together <clears throat> because, you know, um, a lot of times birds of prey are attracted to our transmission lines. Uh, and, you know, I know it's kind of a popular thing around here to drive up the river road toward Alton in, in the early winter to when the uh, when the bald eagles come back. Well, you know, and we go up there and see those. Well, those bald, bald, bald eagles, uh, osprey, uh, different types of falcons, um, they not only, you know, just uh, roost in on the cliffs and the trees there on the river road. Uh, often they will find a, they will make a nest in our transmission lines. And so, you know, we have to be very conscious, conscientious of that and, and we have a, pro- a program to try to make sure that those birds do not, um, you know, basically get on the top of one of our poles and, and electrocute themselves, which, which has a tendency to happen if you don't take really, you know, uh, extraordinary measures. And so we've had teams that have been working to, to do that, to make sure those birds can fly through and, and their migratory routes and land and make their nest and uh, and not be injured by the, the power lines that are there in the territory. So we have a overall avian protection program that's that's really targeted at at protecting the the, the major you know, bigger birds, predator uh, uh, birds of prey um, from the from being you know hurt or injured or killed uh, around high power voltage high voltage power lines. The pollinators also help protect uh, uh, animals on the ground, such as deer. Sure. Yeah, it, pro- it provides a deer, turkey. It provides a great habitat for them. Uh, you know, uh, if you've ever been in a big field like that, you'll you know you sometimes you'll be able in the early spring, 
or I mean, late fall, you'll be able to actually, um, you know, see a lot of times baby deer are uh, will will be nesting and are resting in those fields and in that cover. Uh, you know, turkeys use that cover uh, to to go out and feed and 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 you know take their young and that type of thing. So it's a gr- it's great for animals, and um, we just think that you know it's a good program all around. It and a lot of times you know uh, those easements get overgrown, and it's not with any type of really um, good plant. A lot of times they get overgrown with in- invasive type of grasses, grasses that are so thick. That you know, it makes it an animal, especially like a turkey, can't even run or or escape predators because the 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 ground cover is so thick they can't run through it. So with pollinators and you know individual plants growing like that, they can do that. They can get in there. They can have cover. They can you know take their young in there to feed uh, and and not be you know um, at at the uh, will i guess of, of of some of the predators that are out there so it's a great program uh and you know it's good for you know and not so much in our area uh pheasants but in the northern parts of our service territory where they still have wild pheasants and wild quail uh it works well up there for here it's more for turkeys baby uh for deer you know uh, and other type of ground nesting birds um and so it's it's uh it's 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 really kind of a neat program and you know it's it's kind of neat even for little kids i had my grandson out a couple of weeks ago and and he uh he saw a, a bird nesting uh had formed a nest in the middle on the corner of a field you know and um and he it was kind of funny because he wanted to go back and and make some flags so he could <laughs> stake off the nest you know so <laughs> no one would would run there. And I was like, well, maybe we shouldn't identify where the nest is. It'd be safer for the bird. But, uh, but it was kind of neat even to take kids out there as an educational and outdoor type of activity to let, you know, young, young people see the importance of preserving, you know, nature and preserving some of the, the beautiful properties we have. And, you know, and for us, it's good as a company to make sure that we can co- kind of create that type of of uh, environment versus just letting it get overgrown into, you know, um, invasive or non-productive uh, woody type of trees and, and shrubs, you know, like honeysuckle. So, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, so it, we we're we're real, you know, proud of that program, and, and it's gotten great response. Actually, you know, we have, um, I believe, right now we're over 180 acres um, that uh, of projects that. Have, are participating in the pollinator friendly program, and uh, and so we have one in a pretty nice size one in Pickneyville. Uh, we have one down in Monroe Camp County near uh, between Waterloo and Val and Valmire uh, down there. That's about four acres, and so we've got them all over the state, and uh, and it's they're getting great reception, and and we're having people go to our website. We have a website there. And, uh, it, under our website talks about vegetation management and community programs and people can find out more about the pollinator pro- program just by going to amarinillinois.com I'm looking at last season goats now we're talking about monarch <laughs> butterflies honeybees I tell you what people just don't know all that Amarin Illinois does over there yeah yeah you know we we cover from a geographical standpoint, about two thirds of the state of Illinois, 
population. I mean, from a geographical standpoint and, you know, from Galesburg all the way down to Anna. And so we've got all types of territory. And, you know, we build a lot of infrastructure. We build, you know, a lot of, of, of lines and we've got over 2 million poles out there and hundreds of thousands of square of uh, linear feet of cable and pipelines and all types of other types of infrastructure. And, you know, we think it's, we believe it's important to build those, you know, uh, without doing damage to the environment, you know, to try to make them as environmentally friendly as possible. You know, so programs like this, uh, the Pollinator program, programs like the our avian protection program. Uh, we have a program that actually uh, works with communities to plant trees, the a planted tree program, all of those types of things, you know, we do to try to minimize any Im- negative impact on the uh, on the environment. And, you know, I think that's kind of what we're, you know, every company should do as far as protecting our environment for our future, for our grandkids and our grandkids' kids, you know. So we take that very seriously. You have a great, great partnership now with the Pheasants Forever, correct? Yeah, yes, yeah. Pheasants Forever is a a big participant in that, and a lot. There's Illinois has a lot of uh, people who belong to to Pheasants Forever, and and also uh, Quail Forever, and um, so we um, we participate with those companies. I mean, with those organizations. Um, you know, we've had some talks with representatives from. Uh, Ducks Unlimited uh, on waterfowl, waterways and, and properties where we have near water. And, when, and we don't have a current program right now, but we, we had, uh, we, we've had programs in the past with the National Wild, uh, Turkey Federation, uh, which we did similar types of programs with them. Uh, so we try to work with those organizations that are really committed uh, to the environment and committed to to making and as nat- keeping it in as natural state as possible, uh, and making it better for for the animals that live there and 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 have been there for years for decades, you know. And so we want to keep it that way and and make it um, you know um, a, a very habitable environment for them and and the people who basically live in those areas also. Now, not only are you the CEO of Amarillo, Illinois, we could call you Marlon Perkins Jr. Sometimes. No? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd go that far, but, uh, but you, we 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 believe in leaving things better. I believe personally in leaving things better than you found them, right. and you know, so you know, we we kind of want to do that with everything we do, whether it's you know um, a situation where we're making a minor repair or or fixing a line, or if we're doing a major transmission project, you know, let's let's make it better than leave it better than when we got there, and and um, so that's that's what we're attempting to do. And I think everyone has a has an interest in nature, you know, uh, whether you just go out and watch birds, or if you're a hunter, or if you're, you know, um, just a gardener and or just an observer of plants. I mean. We've had people from the universities come and get permission to just walk to to survey our property just to, um, you know, they can do surveys and count the number of different types of birds they see or count the number of the different types of species of trees that they see in a square and certain square uh, footage area. 
So, you know, we try to use our prop, our, our assets um, to really just benefit, you know, uh, the environment. And, and I think, you know, that's important for our future. This is the Amron Illinois show featuring the CEO, Mr. Richard Mark. What are the benefits to wildlife when introducing a, a pollinator uh, friendly planning to your Amron Illinois right away? Yeah, you know, like I said, it, it, it basically provides a, a great um, um, cover for them, you know, uh, for animals. I mean, I mentioned the turkeys, you know, walking through, you know, invasive grasses is almost impossible. So, you know, animals need 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 cover um, that they can get through. And, you know, for example, um, something like, you know, rabbits, for example. You know, a lot of people, if you live in the city, you might see a rabbit in your garden, you know, uh, but in an open area, you know, rabbits need cover and they need where they can hide from other predators such as uh, coyotes and things like that. So they need to be able to get through heavy grasses and areas and then they need, you know, some type of shrubbery or, or wood uh, piles or down trees and, and that type of shrubs to hide in and that's where they nest and they can you know have their babies and then the babies are safe until it's time that they're able to come out so what the benefits are to the wildlife is it makes a uh, makes a, a great habitat for them um to to basically thrive and this pollinator you know plantings that they help do that because it's like a you know when you do the pollinator you're planting all these different types of seeds and different types of of flowers and so it's almost like going to you know it's like the um uh, a buffet <laughs> it's like a buffet for <laughs> for wildlife you know they go in there and they munch on this type of flower for a little while and then they munch on that and you know uh so that's the type of environment we're basically building for especially ground dwelling birds and uh, that they eat the seeds from the plants and and the insects that are on those plants, there are some animals that you will eat those. And, and so it basically just creates that real um, uh, environmental, you know, very positive environment for, for those animals to continue to thrive. Mark, and, you know, and so it, we just, we're just, you know, trying to, trying to do that with the, the property, you know, the, the hundreds or thousands of acres of property that, that we own, you know, throughout the state. How do the uh, pollinator-friendly planning benefits customers and Amron, Illinois, together? Yeah, so, you know, it helps our customers because, you know, like I said earlier, the, the right-of-ways, we still we have to have access to those. And, um, you know, when there's an emergency, if there's a tornado, there's a lightning storm, there's a flood, we have to be able – sometimes those, those f- facilities are affected – and we have to be able to to get in there and and reach those areas. Now, you know, you mentioned the goats earlier. Sometimes those facilities, then we use the goats to basically cut the grass on those very steep hillsides. Well, you know, trying to get up those hillsides in the case of emergency, if if not only is it steep, but if they also have heavy cover of shrubbery and bushes and all types of heavy ground cover. Uh, that even makes it more dangerous. And so to keep those cut, we have to constantly bring people out, you know, uh, to mow those and, and cut them. And that's very, very expensive. 
which, you know, customers end up paying for that. So the more we can do to make those areas where they don't get overgrown, that we can still have access to them, uh, it reduces the cost to our customers and improves safety uh, for for our, uh, our employees who have to go out there and make repairs in, in the case of emergency. So that's how customers benefit, you know. Uh, we can see the repairs. If you have, you know, uh, 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 an easement where you've got 20, 30-foot shrubbery trees or invasive type of grass and those types of things, and you're out there trying to find out where that, the cable broke or how to ac- get access to the bottom of a of a transmission tower, um, that all takes time and effort and in and, 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 and dark and wet, cold, icy conditions that can be dangerous. Uh, and so with the more difficult it is to get, the more costly it is, the more, the harder, it, the longer it takes us to locate the, where the outage is, the more costly it is, the more inconvenient it is for customers. So by keeping those right-of-ways clean and free of that, that that cover, um, you know, is is a benefit to the customers because they can, we can restore power faster. We can do it. It doesn't cost us much to keep it clean and open, and it's safer for our employees. Now, give us some of the tips to customers who want to start a program of their own. Yeah, you you can start a pollinator program in your own backyard. <laughs> you know, I, I mentioned uh, the friend of mine who who contacted me several years ago and said, hey, I got some plants for you to plant. And, and she was, uh, you know, she was really advocating, you know, uh, trying to to increase the, the number of monarch butterflies. But customers can do this in their backyard, you know, plant some native flowers that, that bloom at different times of the year. You know, like now plant some that will bloom in the spring, and then you can different types of plants will bloom in the summer, and different types of plants will bloom late fall. So have something that you can plant, you know, that you always have something blooming in your garden. Um, diversify what type of flowers you put in there. Um, one of the great things for pollinators is color. So plant flowers that, you know, have a lot of different colors, you know, reds and, and yellows and, and colorful flowers. Um, one of the other things that, that I found really interesting um, in, in, in talking to some of the experts on this is that, you know, a lot of whenever I've always planted flowers around the house or, you know, uh, you know, you plant one flower, then you space and you plant another flower. And the experts say that to really create this pollinator type of garden, plant them in clumps. Don't plant one and space it, but get five or six and put it in a clump together and plant those all together. Um, and that really helps when they, uh, when they, 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 they all bloom at once. That really helps attract you know the 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 birds and butter and other butterflies and other things to it, and um, you know limit the use of pesticides. By us planting these pollinators, uh, we're not, we're not using weed killer to kill some of that that those invasive grasses. You know, uh, we don't have to do that anymore. And and so by keeping that and that helps the animals too, birds and and and, and other animals because they're not exposed to it to insecticide. And you can do that in your own garden. Try not to use insecticides. Try to use some natural uh, things that keep bugs and animals away. And then, um, you know, last but not least is, you know, um, birds birds have to have water. So have some type of water source there, and you know, whether it's a bird bath or some type of, you know, now uh, all the big box stores have little um, 
waterfalls and other types of things. You can put an electric pump in even and have a little waterfall in your garden. But have some water in there for the birds also. And you can do a little pollinator garden in your backyard. The only bird right now I'm worried about and you, Mr. Mark, are the Cardinals tomorrow. This, the Redbirds, right? <laughs> Redbirds. This could be the final opening game for Pujols, Adam Wainwright, and Yadia. History is being made tomorrow. Unbelievable. I know. I know. I'm going to be there at my camera. I tell you, I want to get a picture of this forever. <laughs> you mentioned your grandbaby, your grandson. I had my first one last year. Ain't nothing like taking those little grandbabies out. Isn't it grandkids? It is a, oh, I know. It's a load yeah. of fun. It is. It is. I have, um, I have six grandsons, and we have uh, pictures of all of them at hmm. the first ball game. <laughs> wow, okay. So, so we, uh, That's we, fun. We, We've tried to get them out there when they're young, and usually, uh, I think I think uh, my youngest grandson um, attended last year uh, one of the games, and mm-hmm. I think it's six months. So uh, we try to get them started early, being those Cardinal fans, you know. All right. Since we're talking about the Cardinals, let's talk about the Airman Cardinals. This is Richard Mark's team: David Wakeman, Mary Hager, Eric Kozak, Mike Miller. Jim Blessing, bless us, Jim. Robin Keyes, George Justice, Cheryl Smith, Brian Leonard, who, of course, we know is the secret weapon to the Cardinal team of Ameren. Monique Leonard, Jason Klein, Kelly Henderson, Crystal Sims, Marston Love, Rose, Langston Rose, I'm sorry, Shirley Stennis, and Victoria Bush. And want to send a shout-out to Brian Bears, the uh, media director, he goes to Snooks and loves. He's a part member of the Snooks Wine Club. Thank you, Brian. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I had to yeah. get that in. Yeah. I had to get that hey, in. Charlie, and before you go, I appreciate you uh, giving a shout out to the team, but I just want to um, say that uh, one of our team members, uh, Shirley Stennis, yes. is uh, retiring on May 1st Ooh. after. 40 years of service with Ameren uh, Company as the director of our call of our customer service center. And um, Shirley's uh, grew up in East St. Louis, uh, has been a native of this area for her entire life, uh, and has just a gr- done a great job with our customer satisfaction and customer service in the state of Illinois. And uh, I celebrated a retirement dinner with her, uh, lunch with her this afternoon. And we're definitely going to miss her in Illinois. So I just want to publicly thank Shirley for 40 years of service at Ameren. Young Shirley Stennis from everybody here here at KFNS to everyone around in Ameren, Illinois, the state. We wish you a happy retirement. I know you're much younger than me, and I should be retired, but I've been. <laughs> but Shirley, you've done a tre- tremendous job, and congratulations! You got a wonderful life ahead of you. Yeah, thank you. All right, Mr. Mark, thank you very much. Enjoy the game tomorrow. I'll probably see you probably see you tomorrow. Okay, hope so. Give All me right. a call. Thank you, Bye. sir. Thank All right. You. That's the Ameren Illinois show. All right. Having a good time tonight. Brian Brian Leonard, if you're listening out there. By the way, Brian, I'm gonna say this on there. I'm not gonna tell you. The Motown show did start about four weeks ago. We're kicking it up with Ameren Illinois over on one oh four point nine H D two. So I'd like to thank them and Brian Brish and of course Richard Mark, for always being coming on, tell us about a lot of things that we know. I knew nothing about 
Yeah, I never would have thought. I never heard of this. Never would have thought how important birds were. Birds are protecting the birds from just from the power. I never would have thought of that at all. And they want to save the bird. If you go hunt for birds, we got to give them cover too. Got to make us. There's one thing. thing Richard Mark's gonna do. He's gonna make sure he takes care of people. Everybody, from animals to humans, he's gonna make sure that everybody's taken care of. Marlon Perkins Jr. We're gonna take a quick time out. This portion brought to you by Snooks once again. Don't forget about the Snooks shortcuts. True story. I'm at home last night. I couldn't sleep last night. I woke up about three. Couldn't go back really? to bed. I went back to bed at six o'clock. Ooh. You saw me this morning early. Yeah, you were here. I had no sleep. I couldn't go to sleep. Only no, thing no. got me to sleep was I had some snook shortcuts, strawberries. Mm. Then I had the special cream I poured on top. That was my coffee today. We'll be back with Howard Balza. Since I lost my baby. Welcome back to the Charlie Tuna Show. Presented by Amarin, Illinois. On 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. And without a do, Sports Illustrated Hall of Fame voter. Works with the Phoenix Cardinals. The one and only incredible Howard Balls. I'm going to tell you something, Howard. That song right there has a meaning that's out of this world. Because I broke up with a lady about a year ago. And every word to that song was true. Everything. It was sunny outside. <laughs> I thought it was raining. It was so bad. I had money in my pocket, Howard. That didn't mean nothing. I thought I was broke. Great song, but great Bowtown song. No, yeah, that is one of the best. You you brought that one up, and man, I hadn't thought of that one oh in a long God. time. But that is, that is absolutely one of a temptation classic. You got no doubt about it. You got to hear Mike McDonald sing it. Remember Mike really? McDonald? He's got it out too. He's got Ooh. he's got a Motown. Two Motown CDs out. You need to uh, check them out. I will definitely check that. I know Luther sang that song, too, at one That's point. That's right. Luther, well, that was baby making music when Luther sang it. <laughs> 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 my baby, sweet as can be, my baby. And Howard, you know, my Motown show started a month ago, so you got to listen to it on Magic 104.9 HD2 every Saturday from 10 to 12 noon. Sponsored to, by All right. I'll, I'll have to find the, find the streaming, uh, streaming yeah. address yeah. for that. Yep. Yeah. That's just, that's it. H one oh four point nine H D two. Okay. Right. I'll check Simple it out. That. All right. I hate to keep talking about this gentleman, but mm-hmm. I was seeing today that Deshaun Watson now has to face eighteen of the ladies, the therapists that he had problems with. Have you heard that? Well no, no I, I think the eighteen are I'm I'm trying to get this right now because there's so many layers <laughs> to this story. Some of the eighteen were some that he had the the eighteen women who had said they had no problem with Deshaun oh. Watson, oh, okay, and Maybe they weren't. The, okay, yeah, and they weren't part of the twenty two, and so I think that there there's going to be some, you know, something going on 
uh, with those women where they, I don't know if it's Deshaun wanting to talk to them where investigators want to talk with them and really push them a little more to see that, well, what really went on? What did he say? Did he encourage certain things or, or whatever? And so, man, I mean, that's all, all I know is, and we said this from right from the start, is that that's, that's an awful lot of women that you're looking for to get a massage. I'm, I'm right? If you got a good one, keep her. Uh, well, exactly. Ex- if it's really about the massage, <laughs> then you, you stay with you stay with a person that really gives you a good massage. But when you're, you know, you know, making contact with so many different women doing it on social media, then hey, he had something else on his mind. They and, make him seem and, like he's a predator or something. Well, some some of the women maybe thought that that was the case, or are they exaggerating? Who knows? I mean, bottom line is like a lot of these. And we've talked about it many, many, many instances. They each have their own perspective on what they felt when whatever happened. And so, you know, a, a, a woman might think, okay, yeah, he wants a massage. It's to, it's to Sean Watson. And all of a sudden he's looking for more than a massage. And they're going, hold it. That's not right. That's mm-hmm. not right. And so that's maybe, now, now maybe someone argues if that was the case that they're naive but hey, if you're if you're if you're you know you're you're in that business and you're giving massages to a lot of people, you're expecting it all to be about the massage, not something else. Howard, Howard let's straighten this out. Derek Stingley Jr., the splendid defensive player from LSU, is his father or grandfather the Stingley that Jack Tatum paralyzed? That's a good question, and I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't think. What'd you ask? His father or grandfather? Yeah, I would. I, I would think it. And, 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 no, it's got to be. I would think it has to grand, be grandfather. Grandfather, because because it, it happened to to Derek, and he wasn't even born. <laughs> no, exactly. Because that happened in the eighties, right? Yep. In the, in the in the mid to late eighties, we're talking thirty five years ago, and Derek Stingley's in college. So I I would think that Derek must must have been. Must have been his grandfather, assuming that, and they are related. Is that correct? I had yes, I didn't look. I, I pro- yeah, I probably should have looked into that a little more specifically. But so many things going on. Sometimes, sometimes you forget. But I'll tell you, I got to tell you something, Charlie, because you'll get a kick out of this story, right? Mm-hmm. You remember Lonnie Young? Oh yeah, from Car- with the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, with the Cardinals. Played with the Cardinals. Played for the Jets. Went into scouting. I got to know him pretty well. I don't remember the year, but I did some radio at five ninety with him. On, on a pregame show, maybe postgame show, one or two years. I don't remember the year it was. I suspect it was because his last year playing was 1996, and then he got into scouting around 2002. So my guess is it somehow happened in between there. Well, anyway, I'm getting my, my work, to doing my, getting my stuff together and getting up stu- updated for Lindy's, right? And so I'm going to all the different team websites, you know, looking at the assistant coaching staffs, making sure that what what the teams have, I have, and making sure the information matches, and then the front office. And I don't put scouts in the book, in the magazine, but teams on their website list under front office or or staff. That's where they list the general manager and then other people and all that. So anyway, I'm looking at the Ravens, and – I had a pretty good relationship with Lonnie. We t- we would communicate a little bit over the years, but I can't remember the last time I communicated with him, right? So I'm checking out the Ravens website last night, and I'm scrolling down. I see that, and I'm and I'm I'm scrolling down to get to the front office 
or to see if there's anyone else listed, like strength and conditioning, because some, some teams don't list those guys with, with the coaching staff. They list it somewhere else. And all of a sudden I see the list of scouts, right? And so I say, oh, let me, let me see, see about Lonnie Young, see his name. And his name's not there, right? So I said, oh. Maybe he's not with the, he's not with the Ravens anymore. Is he still a scout? What's he doing? Right. So I Google him, and I come across a story on the Jets website. Talk about serendipity and timing. A story on the on the Jets website almost exactly a year ago, April eighth, twenty twenty one, and it's where are they now with Lonnie Young, right? And so they're talking about this and that. And he went into scouting and he, and he scouted for the Cardinals after his career ended. Then he was with the Ravens for a bunch of years. Right. And he said, but a year ago, he left scouting because it wasn't, you know, you know, he was just being a scout his whole career. And he figured that's all I'm ever going to be. So he decided to go into business and in something he had gone into uh, back in Michigan where he grew up. And 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 so he's with this company called Pride Staff, which is like an which is an employment agency type of thing. And he, he became a franchisee in 2020. Guess where? Where? Right here in Phoenix. You kidding me? He's, no. <laughs> Have you contacted so, him? So here, so I, I looked up Pride Staff, got a number of the office, and so this morning I called the number and talked to the receptionist and said, hey, is Lonnie Young available? So he said, well, he's in a meeting. Wow. He said, who's, ca who's calling? So I said, well, I don't want to be mysterious about this, but it's an old friend from St. Louis, and when I got him on the phone, I wanted to surprise him. So she said, well, let me hold for a second. So I, I go on hold maybe a minute or two, and all of a sudden I hear, hello, hmm. and it's Lonnie. So I said, is this Lonnie? He says, yeah. Who's this? I said, Howard Balzer. He goes, oh, no, you're <laughs> kidding me, right? And so we start talking this and talking. And then, and then when I told him, but guess, so I told him the background of how I tracked him down, and, and I said, and guess what? What really spurred me to do it is I'm in Phoenix, too. And he, and he, he couldn't believe it. So, <laughs> so we had a great conversation, vowed to stay in touch. And all that. What a what a what a great great guy, and that was that was pretty wild that this all happened in the last twenty four hours. Howard, we're going to talk a little bit about the draft. We don't have a lot. Oh, oh, and by the way, real quick, talking about the draft, Lonnie Young. The one thing about George Boone that we've joked about and talked mm. about all the time, but mm -hmm. I've always said it, man. He 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 had a he had a certain way of blowing first round draft picks, but his later round picks were often really good. Stump Mitchell, ninth round, right. And I'm, there, there's others that I can't think of off the top of my head. Lonnie Young, in 1985, was a 12th-round draft pick. Mm. They didn't even have 12 rounds anymore. He was a 12th-round draft pick, made, obviously made the Cardinals, and ended up playing 11 years in the National Football League. That was a good pick. Hey, Howard. It was, it was a great pick. You know this. I get a lot of my inside information. You know, some people on the radio don't have that. You have it. Scouts in the big time age, they, the scouts know what's going on most of the time, don't they? Yeah, they do. They 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 know where the bodies are buried. That's right. And there's no there's no question. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you can't use the information they give you at first because uh, uh, the, the partnership agreement you have with them. Exactly. Exactly. Or or you have to you can use it on deep background, right. And things like that. And you and so it might be a an opinion about a player or something like that. And so you kind of like you know talk about the player in certain terms, um, but 
where a scout told me or whatever. But you don't, yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't mention, you don't mention the name. But yeah, they, they, they have a lot of that uh, great, uh, great insight and information, like like the agents. Although the agents only tell you what they want to tell you yeah. because they want they want to look good, just like that bogus contract for Bobby Wagner. I thought it, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was interesting that on the same day that Adam Schefter gets signed to another multi-million dollar contract because of what a great reporter he is. Oh he, he tweeted so out the, bo- the bogus contract for Bobby Wagner. Five years, $50 million. And people say, oh, the Rams, how can they do that? How can they spend that much money on Bobby, Ra- Bobby Wagner? And I'm going, they're not going to spend no most of that. They're not going to spend anywhere near that. You know what his cap number? And so the, the real numbers come out within a week or a few days or whatever it is, and then the people who want to know find it out, but that five for 50 is out there, and people will always believe it. You know what his cap number is this year? Tell me. $2.5 million. Oh. <laughs> That's it. Because he has like a he, – he, he, like, he got a pretty good he, – he got out of that $50 million, he got like $9.5 mil, $9. guaranteed. That's hmm. it. And there's no guarantee, guarantees beyond next year. And that guarantee only he, becomes guaranteed if he's on the roster. He may not even be on the roster. These people right. don't Next, exactly, exactly. So it's it's you know it's just it's just crazy some of the stuff that and these guys know it. Adam and Ian Rappaport they know when they're being fed bogus information, Howard. but they don't but they don't care because they just want to get it on Twitter First, as quickly as they can, even if it's not accurate. No. I mean, is that is that really reporting? No, I don't think so. We can do that from here, Howard. <laughs> Who do you think is the most influential NFL player today? Wow, influential. Could it be In a guy term, like Brady or could it be somebody I, else? I mean, I, I, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to pick me a player and then a coach. Well, it, it's hard to pick anyone other than Brady, especially if he really did have anything to do with Bruce Arians uh, stepping away. So you, you, you're he, still wondering about that, aren't you? I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit wondering about it, only from the standpoint of why, I mean, why, why would he want that so badly? I mean, I just don't, it's some, some parts of it I can understand why people would think that, but you also wonder, does it, does it truly make sense? And but you just never know. You, you you just really never. So I don't dismiss it, but I just seriously wonder about it. But he has influence on players, obviously. I mean, he had influence on the Patriots signing Antonio Brown, and then the Buccaneers signing Antonio Brown, and whether Gronkowski decides to play anymore. So he 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 has he certainly has significant influence. So it's hard. Maybe someone else can come up with someone that has more. Or maybe even as much, but I don't know. I don't know who that would who that would well, be. I was speaking of coaches. We're going to talk about a coach, a former coach. But does Tony Tony Dungy still have a lot of influence? You think? I think now. I guess. I guess. I, I do have to ask. How do you define influence? I mean, that's a pretty I mean, wide ranging word. I know it's that, just when this coach speaks, people stand up and listen. It could be Bill. Could be Pete right. Carroll. And, and plus, I want to talk to you about what Pete Carroll said about minority hiring this week as well. Right. Well, I, I will say this. You know, Tony did write something about, I'm trying to remember when it was, maybe a month or so ago, about things that he thinks need to be happening in the whole realm of minority hiring. And some of those things were done. 
and and so we can argue with them and debate them whether it's the right way to do it and all those things but they did you know put some of the things that he wrote in there and a lot of it has to do with what we've been we've been talking about this last week about about how it's been this way for a long time about offensive coaches and so yeah i i do think he has a certain uh, level of influence but but i'll tell you in this league where it's hard to influence owners because owners are going to do what they want and and so who who truly who truly has you know significant influence and so but you know i i, th- I think dungy does i'm sure you know, bill belichick has a certain level of influence, but but then again, I mean, he's he suggested different rules over the years that he'd like to see in the NFL, especially when it comes to instant replay, and they never get done. So I I, I just think sometimes influence well, is a little bit is a little bit overrated. Howard, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll say this as a a black man: if I were an owner, if I were an owner, I would hire anyone I wanted. I hate to say that. Now, some well, that's owners what they feel, do. That's what they do. Some owners, though, say, you know what? I need to give this guy a break. Some owners are like that. I don't know who they are, but some owners are like that. <laughs> do you feel as though an owner should just say, I'm going to hire this, this gentleman. He's a black man, and we need more of him in the NFL. Or should he just say, I'm going to hire who I want to hire? Well, I think it's a combination to it because I think that if you're just hiring somebody, like, oh, I'm going to give him a break. Then it's it, it might not work, and you, you still you still have to go through the interviews and feel comfortable that this guy is, is if not the best choice because the, the reality is when you interview five, just throw out five people, they all could be excellent choices. So I well, do think when it gets close that there's something to be said for for giving someone an opportunity. And I'll, and I'll tell you, I, I don't know if I, I don't remember if I said this last week. I think that Bruce Arians' move, the guy that could benefit the most beside Todd Bowles, is Byron Leftwich. Yep. Because because now the perception of him can be that hey, now yeah. he's the guy. He'll have he's a the job, one maybe. running the offense. It's not Bruce Arians anymore. So you know, hopefully, hopefully that helps him down the road. But you know, the whole influence thing, I thought. Pete Carroll is talking out of both sides of his mouth yes, he because it, it's it's one thing to make these comments about what the owners should be doing and hiring this guy and hiring that guy. Well, okay, okay, um, Pete, how many how many African American offensive coordinators or quarterbacks coaches have you hired? I mean, because because that's where it begins is with the head coach hiring those guys on his staff, and Pete Carroll's changed the offensive coordinator. A few times, and now he's had African American defensive coordinators. He had Ken Norton Jr. He had Chris Richard. So he's had that, but he hasn't had it. He hasn't had an offensive one. And so I'm sure what he would say if someone asked him about it, though, he said, "Well, yeah, but who who am I hiring that guy from? You know, where where is that pool? Which, of course, I've talked about, you know, on many you know on many occasions. So it, it, it's there's a, there's a lot of levels to it." Well, and I think that's that's the one reality. This is just you and I here tonight. We can talk about that. And that. Why do you think the NFL owners don't hire blacks, Afro-Americans in head coaching positions, defensive coordinators, uh, offensive, which they do somewhat? Why do you think the uh, white owners don't, 
What is it? They don't feel comfortable with a black man in charge? Or what is it? Well, the thing is, you can't make blanket statements about, quote, the owners. Right. It's not like they're all this one, you know, all, I'm all one a, mind. I'm, all, I'm, I'm going individually now. But, you know, the thing is, you get in the mind of an individual owner. Does he not feel comfortable with that guy? What, what, what might it be? I mean, there's, I mean, there's some teams that don't have a black head coach but have a black general manager. And so, you know, that's someone the owner is also interacting, interacting with. Does the owner believe that he doesn't want, you know, a general manager essentially, even though they're making a lot of important decisions, they, they essentially operate for the most part not totally out of the public eye, but they're not, you know, they're not talking to the media four times a week during the season like a head coach is. So a head coach, aside from the quarterback or any other top players, a head coach is, is, the, tr- is the real face of the franchise. And so does the owner think that that's not going to sit well with a certain constituency in, in his fan base? And it's hard for me to imagine that that doesn't enter their thinking. Um, I mean, hey, let's look at a Colin Kaepernick. I mean, I don't think there's any question that teams didn't want, owners didn't want that distraction of a guy that would, and here's the crazy thing about it. You say, hey, he, he never had domestic violence. He didn't have all these other things that he, all these guys give chances to, right? But the fact is, the, the general public doesn't seem to care about that. Right? He came to the Super Bowl as well, correct? Ka- Kaepernick did. Yes, he did. But all I'm saying is, that was before all this happened. What I'm saying is, is that owners could very well believe that by having him after the whole anthem thing, because we know that still splits people. There's still a certain percentage of the country, whether it's 25, 30% that, that, that think that Kaepernick was wrong, he disrespected the military, he disrespected the country, and all those things. And so does the owner not want to upset that decent size portion of his fan base and i think that's you know that's a certain part of it but those those same fans that i mean they don't if, if if a team gives a you know you know gives a chance to someone who's been suspended for domestic violence or is involved in domestic violence the fans don't seem to think the same about that and maybe the women fans do but the women fans aren't a huge percentage. They're a percentage, don't get me wrong, but they're not a huge percentage of the, uh, you know, of the fan base. And so it's just, a, it's just a weird dichotomy that we have here with, with this whole thing. So I, I think there's a variety of reasons why, why some teams are reluctant uh, to do that. But, you know, we have, you know we're, what are we up to now with Todd Bowles? Are we up to back six or seven, mm-hmm. I think? And so that was another thing. Once, once, a guy, once Brian Flores was fired and, and David Culley in Houston was fired, everybody was freaking out. Oh, Mike, Tom, oh, there's only one. They're all, and everybody was going nuts, okay? Well, let's not go nuts until the hiring cycle's done. Then, if there's still only one or, two, or whatever it might be, then, then say something. But there were some guys hired. And so that... You know that tells me that there are owners willing to make that decision, well, but there, there obviously there are some that, for whatever reason, haven't done it. They're looking at you. You made a good point about fan base. Some people just don't think that fan base is not ready, but nowadays I think the American public is ready. What well, I'm gonna go a step further. Colin Kaepernick's name keeps popping up now. Again, do you think he'll be signed by Seattle or some team like that? As a I don't know. I mean, I mean, 
Pete Carroll. There we go again. Right. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's the one who's he's, he's the one who's made the most noise about it. Well, then sign the guy. I mean, you don't have anybody right now be, behind. Now I know there's time still, but you don't have anybody behind Drew Locke except for uh, Jacob Eason. Well, I'm trying to remember if he was a rookie last year, or the year before, and so that that's who they have for quarterbacks on the roster. So if you believe he deserves a chance, and Kaepernick has come out and said he's he's willing to come to a team that is that where he's not necessarily quote guaranteed he's going to be the starter, come in and compete. He said he's willing to do that. So why not just sign him then? Sign you know, him. Put an, put an end to the the insanity. Just sign him and see what happens. How about we got I mean, to run? We don't have a lot of time tonight. I hope you understand. We'll do this sure, absolutely. our regular time slot uh, next week. Once again, always appreciate when you come on the show. You oh. make the show much, much better. And any show here at 590, you give, you give them more credibility. Appreciate that, too. And, of course, I'll be on with Jimmy Hewer tomorrow in the mid, what, midday I reset. I don't want you to publicize it, though. Well, come I'm on! Just, I want people I'm to know kidding. what I'm on. Yeah. I'm just kidding. to, I'm to just your legion, your legion of fans. You you on with right? Joe, you on with Joe and Frank also, right? On Tuesdays. Yes, yeah, I'm on, I'm on. Yeah, on Tuesdays at what? Uh, well, it, it varies depending on when they have a uh, you know. But sometime in his show, I'm pretty I'm pretty um, regular on Thursday at. I always figure. Well, let's see what time am I coming on? Yeah, it's uh, two o'clock, uh, two o'clock Central Time. Uh, with Jimmy on Thursday. So enjoying it. And it seem, seems I'll have more regular segments now hey. on 590 than, than when I was still mm-hmm. back, still when I was still there. <laughs> real, real quick, the NFL draft, will, will it be held in Detroit in 2023? 24. 24. Uh, yeah, it's um, uh, Kansas City next year. And then and you must Detroit be a, the year after. And you must be an NFL city in order to get that draft, correct? I'm pretty sure that's the case, yes. Mm, I'm okay. pretty sure. All right, Howard. Have a good weekend. All right, Tuna. Go right, Cardinals. All right, thank you. All right. Hey, yeah. yeah. Opening yeah. day. <laughs> All right. I'm talking about the Phoenix Cardinals. No. Ah, okay. I'm, well, that's I'm, just kid. I'm just kidding. No, I'm talking about the Cardinals. <laughs> no, this is a this is a baseball. Remember they used to tell us it was a baseball town when the Cardinals were here? Huh. Howard and I were the only people that said, no, it's a football town. It really is. St. Louis is a football town, really. I'm telling you. It but is. That's the way it is. All right, Howard. I got. Have a good week. Thank you. People, we used to always say it's a football town. Football. Oh, town. when football's popping, it's a football town. When they're so winning, it's all about football. NFL can't trump Cardinals. The Cardinals. Oh, yes, they I hate can. to use that name. Man. I know what you mean, though. Yeah, absolutely, they can. Hey, let's take a quick time out. Brought to you live from the Stook Studios here in Kirkwood, folks. If you like apples, like I do, they got Fuji or Pink Lady apples. On sale now for 99 cents a pound. That's right. Also, when you go up to the register, now if you want to get Snooks ice cream, only $2.79, half gallon. Go to Snooks for orange juice, Snooks orange juice, only $2.59 for 82 ounce bottle. This portion of the show brought to you, of course, by Snooks. And also, we brought to you by our friends at Del Mar Gardens and Victory Men's Help. I tell you what, ain't nothing like Victory Men's Help. If you're a man, they're a godsend. Especially if you got a lady there <laughs> lying next to you at night and you can't do anything but look at her. You better call Victory Men's Help because she won't be there long. We'll be back.
Welcome back to the Charlie Tuna Show, presented by Ameren, Illinois, on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Cool says, we were high school sweethearts. Isn't it so if you have a high school sweetheart, once you got older, she didn't look like that sweetheart anymore. She found somebody new, you found somebody else. That's the way life goes. Folks, Snooks has lowered the price of over a thousand items across the store. And not great low prices that'll be there for a week or two. They've lowered prices that will be there all the time. Don't forget you can get fresh ground beef at Snooks. The butchers do it right there. Seafood is cooked for free. For free. You buy it, they cook it for free. Go to the restaurant, you got to pay for the item and then pay for them to cook it. Snooks does it for free and it's fresh. They get their milk within 24 hours. Produce is cut fresh right there at the store. And Snooks ice cream is for real. It's the real deal. Hey, let's go to, uh, let me talk to my good buddy, uh, Skip Weber. It's time for the Weber Report. Brought to you by Weber Chevrolet and WeberChevrolet.com. Now, now, now here's Skip here's Weber. Skip Weber. Happy Wednesday night, Skip Weber. How are you this wonderful day in the Gateway Town? I am wonderful. I'm excited. Uh, things are going well. And, um, you know, hockey's still in season. Baseball's starting tomorrow. It's all, everything's good. Yeah, the Cardinals' opening uh, game is tomorrow. Uh, they've got a good lineup. Now, the uh, ESPN came out with a rank, rank rankings this past week. They call them the Power Pole. And the Cardinals are picked to be in the middle of the pack. They picked, I think, 15 out of all major league teams. They picked second in their division behind Milwaukee. How do you see see that? I think I think we're better than that. I, do I think we look at what we were last year. Our young guys are a year better. I think our pitching is going to be solid. Uh, you know, look, I, we've got a really good outfield, offensively and de- defensively, and. We've got really good corners, first and third base. I mean, you know, Goldschmidt had a miniature off year, but look at the spring he had. Can you imagine if he if he comes back to have one of his normal years? Mm-hmm. And then it's not like we're weak at shortstop and second base either, or catcher. I, I, I don't see a weakness in our team. I think we're going to be really, really good. I really do. Uh, we've got several gold glove winners. Our defense in the National League is almost second to none. I agree. I agree. And I think our pitching is going to be even better than last year. Yeah, with the and this is the final year. Of course, everything's going to be baseball. I walked into the station today. That's all they're talking about. Seth does. He, yeah. he produces the Cam Johnson show in the morning. Cam Johnson, Charlie Marlowe, and Jim Hayes. And Jim Hayes, of course, works with the Cardinals. So that's all they're talking about are the baseball Cardinals. That's all right. That's the time of the year. That's that time. Hey, final season for Wayno, Yachty, and Albert Pujols. What could be a better PR standing than anywhere in, the, in, in baseball country? There can't be. There can't be. It's going to be nice, neat. I, I will say this, okay? I believe very strongly it's a final season for Wayno and Yachty. I, I think that there might be circumstances where Pujols wants to come back for one year. If he hits like 16 home runs and he's five shy of 700, he's going to play another year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the- you got to. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So so uh, I don't know if he'll get that many. 
is, is just he's just down that much. But you know, it depends on how much he plays, how many at bats he gets, and he might have a re- little resurgence coming back here to St. Louis. So it'd be neat. That'd yeah, be neat if he gets it to, if he gets to 21 this year and he can retire like he wants to. But we'll see what happens. But but it is going to be neat to have all three of those guys. And uh, I think that you'll see them have a farewell tour at every city they visit. What about Wayne O? What happens if he comes out, which is hard to believe, what happens if he comes out and has a sensational season? You think he's going for good? I think he is. I think he means what he says. He always was cryptic about it in the past, but he's come right out and said it. And, Charlie, I expect him to have a good season. He had a good one last year. He's He's got that mindset. He's He's never needed – high velocity to be effective. So that's what you lose at your, at, when you grow older, you know, as a pitcher. He doesn't need high velocity. If he can make the movement and the, and the control and the pinpoint accuracy and the craftiness that he had the last year, I think he can, and I think he will. I think he'll have a good year. Can you imagine that parade out in Bush Stadium opening day with all the Cardinals come out and all the cars and trucks, fanfare, when they announce Wayno? Yachty, and then with Albert, it'll be unbelievable. I wonder if they're going to do it separately. I, if it was me and the Cardinals, I'd have them in one car together. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, that's not – they probably won't. But they won't. I kind of do, do it separate. like that. Yeah, but that would be just deafening if they were all <laughs> in the same car together. And we're playing one of the worst teams in baseball. They'll – Pittsburgh, yep. uh, they'll come in and they'll play good for one or two games, and after that they'll go out and party the night before. So, yeah, no, no. Well, we need to we need to handle Pittsburgh and then handle Kansas City. It'd be nice to be five and one or six and zero going into Milwaukee. That'd be a nice way to start the season. And you know, every game counts. But sometimes people say, "Ah, don't worry about it. it's early in the season." But getting off to a fast start can be everything. Sometimes, if you're a good team and you get off to a good start, you're not digging yourself out of a hole. You can keep you can ride that and keep going. There's several new rules in Major League Baseball, and especially the National League. You don't like. We'll start the universal designated hitter. It takes away a lot from the game. Yeah, it does. I hate it. It's terrible. It's terrible. Um, you know, it, it's a shame. It's it, it's it's not going backwards now. So it's it to me, it's the end of an era of really you know, really good baseball. I, I I'm not I'm not. There's no more chess moves. The managers the manager's job just became a PR guy. And keep the people play. Keep the people happy in the clubhouse. There's no more chess moves. No more worrying about matchups. You know, um, no more worrying about your pitchers. You know, where the, whether they bat and doing double switches and you know bunting and all that stuff. I mean, it's terrible. I, I'm, I'm really disappointed in it. And they also have an extend expanded uh, playoff role this year. Once again, same thing. I mean. And for me, it's not so much the more teams. I don't mind that. It's how late it's going to be. You shouldn't be playing baseball in freezing cold in October. Hmm. If they would put double headers in and, you know, uh, that's about the only way. You don't want to eliminate the off days. You kind of need the off days sometimes. But get about six or seven double headers and shorten the season up. I mean, that's what you got to do if you're going to do this extra playoff games. You know, playing on Halloween and then November 1st, and so, that's – that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. There's only three or four stadiums, outdoor stadiums in the in the league that it's really comfortable at that time. I mean, even if you're in Texas, I used to live in Texas. Man, November first is no cakewalk necessarily in Dallas, Atlanta the same way. It doesn't have, not necessarily going to be warm. 
And anything up east or anything St. Louis or north, San Francisco, you know, Seattle, I mean, it's, it's going to be – Colorado, it's going to be terrible. If it, it, you know, it, it's not fun. And, of course, they don't have day games in the playoffs anymore either. So you're talking about midnight in Chicago <laughs> in November. It's freezing. It's terrible. You shouldn't be playing baseball. Okay, well, we'll have, we will start the season off with the youngest manager the Cardinals have ever had uh, since Marty Marion, Oliver Marmo, Oliver Oil Marmo. He's 34 years of age. He's the 51st Cardinal field manager. He's got quite a, j- a job in store for him, but he inherited a very good baseball team. Yeah, I think he's – I mean, he's he's not from out of the organization. He was on the bench last year. Everybody knows him. I mm-hmm. think everybody likes him. I think they respect him. And that's kind of what you need is is respect and, and all that. I think I think it's good. Uh, it's, a, it's a shame that Schulte didn't make it here, but those are the politics of Major League Sports, aren't they, Skip? Yeah, that sure is. It sure is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going – you're going to opening day, I'm sure – Right? Um, not positive of that yet. We'll see. We'll mm-hmm. see. I usually, I, I, you know me, man. I I, <laughs> I sometimes avoid crowds. You That's know, where I go. It, it counts the same as all the rest of the games. I got a lot to do. Uh, I've got a couple different opportunities to watch the game. Um, I could watch the game next door at the at the uh, Cardinal Way, maybe if I wanted to, or go, or, or you know, we'll see. I I have. Uh, I'm going to go to a lot of games. I'm not going to promise you that Thursday is one of them. You know, in, in the uh, press box, I've been to an opening day game now in about three or four years. The reason why the press box is overloaded with people coming up, inviting the guests, which is nothing wrong with it. That's part of the game. you got to invite your advertisers and people. But it just takes away from the game. So that's the kind of game I'm going to just stay at home, plus out and uh, get ready for my show, Skip. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like I said, I mean, it's fun. There's a lot of pageantry to it, and that's always nice. But there's a lot of stuff that's a pain in the neck about it, you know? Mm. I mean, it's, it's harder to do. It's, it's the hardest game. You know, and I've been to a few in my life, so I don't have to, you know, it's not something I've experienced, but, but I, usually, I usually don't go, honestly. But I told you uh, ESPN came out with that baseball power pole. Of course, the Dodgers are number one. And uh, they're going to be there. They got probably the best team. They do have the best team on paper in Major League Baseball. That to me, that means they won't even win their division. <laughs> that's the way. That's the way people's opinions usually fall. You know, that's the way people's opinions usually fall. I'm going to shift gears now. The Blues are playing well to be in the playoffs. Like you said, we've got baseball ahead. I was in now the Blues. Here come the Blues, Skip. Oh, yeah. The Blues are awesome. Uh, they're playing very, very well. And what I like best about the Blues is they play kind of to their competition. Mm-hmm. Their best games are when they're playing their best, the best teams. And that, that uh, although they, you know, they played really, really well against Arizona, um, it was a terrible team. But I just think, you know, they, they just uh, uh, elevate their game, and I think that's what you need in the playoffs, and I'm excited about it. Skip, I'm going to jump to us. Well, let's just talk about the Tiger. Tomorrow, Tiger Woods will start in his Masters. Now, if last year we thought Tiger Woods was done. The Tiger Woods story is a lot about regular life, Skip. 
You start out on top. You've got a great uh, future ahead of you. But negativity with personal lives and personal things come back to haunt you. And back again, he comes back, one of the most lovable golfers in the country and probably one of the greatest athletes in the history of of sports. But he'll go to the Masters tomorrow. Yeah, I'm rooting for him. Uh, We'll see what he can do. I don't – let me just put it this way. I don't – I would not bet on him winning it, (laughs) okay? But but I'm going to root for him. We'll see. You know, I I think it if he's in the hunt on Saturday, it might be smart to place a bet on it. Yep. But we'll just see what happens. It's it's kind of it's kind of soon after those injuries, and it's tough. But but I, I don't doubt that he'll that he'll play. They'll try hard and probably play play pretty well. He says the announcers yesterday asked him because they always ask if since you're playing, do you think you have a chance to win? He said yes. I have. A, I'm going I'm going to win this thing. So he wants to win. Good. Now, the one, if you notice, Tiger, when he was in practice tees, there is a slight hitch in this giddy-up. He had to change shoe. He, he sponsored, of course, from Nike. He's wearing foot joys now, which is a primarily a, a golf shoe. But he says he has to wait to wear these shoes nowadays. Well, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. No. That's just... His sponsors, I'm sure, don't like it, but I'm sure there's something to work out. The hardest part of this yeah. is he's going to be able to walk. I know he's been walking the greens now, but can he continue to walk because it's going to be a little bit misty and rainy, and, you know, a, a soggy field makes it tough, tougher to walk up hills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true, too. All right. You know, that's a little hidden hidden aspect of, of these tournaments, too. Right. People don't remember a lot, you know. It's it's not as easy. You, you you wear yourself out, and it's a long walk for four, you know four days. All right, let's talk about something near and dear to you, and you're going to get upset at this next story. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. The college basketball poll for twenty two twenty three came out yesterday. Well, this yep. week, St. Louis University Billikens are ranked twenty fifth. Can you believe that? Yeah, I saw that. Mm, I saw that. And I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think they can have a good year next year. It's great, it's great to see them start there. They're, that's the first time I've seen them start like that since I've been here in St. Louis. Uh, some of the other teams that are there, because some of these preseason polls, Skip, I just look at them and start laughing. Because to me, I can't pick a number one team, although they have since they won the championship. But if you had a number one team and you lose some of your players, how can you be number one again? Yeah, I agree. Well, let me just look here. The team that I know best, the Baylor Bears, is, the, is I think fourth in that number, in that in that thing. And I think that that, based on how they finished and how they played this year, that would be justified because because they don't have a couple. They have most of their team returning, and they really uh, played as well as anybody this year. But they're going to lose two guys to the draft that declare early. They got two guys that are going to go that are projected first round picks. So how can you say that they're going to be as good? Now they got guys coming in behind them. There's a lot of good talk about it, and everybody does. But you know, North Carolina, you don't is is I think second. You have no idea who's going to jump well, from North Carolina to the pros. A lot of those guys are going to. They don't know who's going to do that yet. And if, and if they lose, if they lose four, three or four or five guys. Who knows where they're They might be, you know, unranked all year. You just don't know. ESPN has Baylor number eight, 
Kentucky seven. Okay. We don't know how long how many people Kentucky gonna lose. Duke's gonna lose five or six guys to the draft, but they rank yeah. number six already. I don't know how they're gonna do that. Plus, they got a new coach. Yeah, yeah. So they're just doing it based on that. that that'll change. But you, you're right about. I'm not really that upset. You're right about that. I don't. I hate those preseason rankings mm-hmm. because. You know, I think was is is UCLA number one in that ESPN one? Yes, UCLA is the number one. Yesterday was number three. Who's number one in that? Uh, number one is your favorite team, second favorite team, Arkansas. Oh, you? Well, I, I I can't argue with it. They're they're going to be a good team, but once again, you don't know who's going to uh, leave. But the other poll I saw saw UCLA had UCLA up there. Okay, they had UCLA, so UCLA three. It was a decent team. Um, they're going to be probably pretty good. But if they lose a couple people, they may be terrible. But this is what will happen. If the, 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 because they started up high, one or three or whatever poll, if they lose four or five games in their, in their preseason, they'll still be ranked 20th or something like that, even though they don't deserve it. That's what happened with Gonzaga. Gonzaga started number one. They lost two games early in the season. One of them was a, not a game to be proud of losing, but they stayed at the very top because they started at the top. You know, if you if you waited till January 1st to rank the teams, Gonzaga wouldn't have been number one. But because everybody else then goes into their tough conference seasons and beats each other up and loses, Gonzaga breathes their conference. They went to number one because they started number one. So that's the bad thing is that if you take into advantage into account where you start when you haven't played a game, and that's just foolish. They should wait until everybody's played a few games before they do it. You got to do, you know. And I don't mean that everybody gets to play, you know, the the people that they beat up on. Get a get a you know get the Big Ten ACC challenge going. Get get the Pac-12 Big 12 challenge going. They always do, you know, the home and homes and the, some of these other ones, and see how these conferences shake out. And then before the conference. Uh, uh, schedule start, then you rank everybody. You know, let the let the um, Nassau Bahamas tournament happen, hmm. and the and the Alaska shootout, and the Maui Invitational, and all those other things happen. See how people are, then rank them, and, that, and where you start then means something. National champion, so you're, you're right. National champion Kansas is ranked fourth, and it looks like they're going to lose five of their starters as well. But they're rated, they rank yeah. fourth. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's kind of silly. It's kind of silly. But how about that championship game? Oh, that was something else. Tremendous yeah, game. The second half, Kansas played some defense, I think, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, you know what? What's tough? North Carolina with a new coach, I don't know if they knew what was coming up. But it's tough to have a 16-point yeah. lead, have it taken away, then try to regain it. That's just very tough against a great school like Kansas. Yeah. Well, uh, and I and I think that Hubert Davis uh, – Probably left some timeouts in his pocket. Yes, he did. He could have maybe stopped that stopped that tidal wave with a timeout, but he was waiting for those mandatory TV timeouts. That timing was just not good enough. He needed to. I think when they when they when they gained, I think uh, Kansas had, had scored at least the first six points or something like that. It was, uh, you know, something that either either the first six or eight of the first ten or something. There was a timeout needed to be needed to happen in there, settle his people down. And he really didn't know what to do, and that that's inexperience right there. When all so, this, but is, hey, they, they're the second team in the, they finished second in the whole country, so that's not too bad. 
when all the dust is settled, the NCAA is coming down on Kansas and Coach Bill Self. They've got sanctions coming down, and everyone around college basketball knows it's coming. Well, I hope so, because it's pretty blatant. There's a lot of evidence for it. Uh, Coach Bruce Weber from Kansas State alluded to it. Uh, mm. You know, I don't think it's right if the announcers had talked about it during this run. It, you know, it, it, it does give a black mark to the entire uh, NCAA, so you shouldn't dwell on it. But, but people who cheat and break the law and do the bad things, um, you know, gotta you gotta have your reckoning. And so, you know, they they they're in the spotlight right now. And none of the current players on this team were involved in that. We think none of the evidence is, but the coaches. So, I said that before. I talked talk about the Final Four. I had a lot of respect for Coach K and Jay Wright. Hubert Davis is an up and comer. He seemed pretty good. I didn't. I don't have a lot for Bill Self because he is pretty much marked as a crook. And then again, Roy Williams retired from North Carolina. He had scandal. He never got. He never uh, had to uh, face the music on that. So that's kind of rough too. But you never know. Well, it's also Chevy and Ford time. Let's talk about Weber Chevrolet and Weber Ford, Skip. Well, we're having a good start to the month. April last year was our best month. Sales-wise, I don't know how we can get there with our inventory, but we're still sure going to try. So if you check out our prices, I think you'll be really happy with it. You're going to see us really making some deals. We're going to have more vehicles than 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 any month probably since since last month, last April. Um, we're getting them all coming in, so it'll be good. And if you check out our review sites and check out um, you know the different review sites, the neutral third-party review sites, you will see that we remain the best-reviewed Chevy dealer in St. Louis, and the best-reviewed dealer group overall in the, in the city of St. Louis or the St. Louis area. I can't look at individual stores on the if it's not Chevrolet. So all I can do is judge dealer groups, de- groups that have more than one store. And, I, and among those, we have the best reviews, and, and like, a, like I said, among Chevrolet. And I'm very proud of that because it shows how good we treat people, how great our deals are. But it also includes there's a lot of service reviews in there, and those are the hardest ones to get good reviews because people can be frustrated or mad when they're in service, even if we've done everything right. So handling people and making them happy in service is, is one of the tougher things, and I think we're really, really good at it. We've had a lot of practice uh, over 120 years, so that, that's why we're there. So check that out, but give us a, give us a check, give us a, a try, and you'll see that we will take great care of you. Service after the sale, Weber Chevrolet. We got two locations in Illinois, Granite City and Columbia. Folks, got enough room to travel anywhere you want to. Of course, the Ford store is in Granite City. The Ford store is doing quite well. And, of course, 270 in Creve Corps, Missouri, Weber Chevrolet. If you haven't passed by that location, you must not be from this city. Skip, we'll visit with you on Monday and enjoy the Cardinal opener. Thanks, Charlie. Take care. We'll talk to you then. All right. Thanks, Skip. The Weber Report was brought to you by Weber Chevrolet.